Welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. You know we're talking about the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente, and today we have an amazing show for you guys. I know, I know I say it all the time, but come on, people. We know it's true. Why? Yo, it's combat sports, and you know what today is. Today is five rounds of fight news. So not only are we going to go ahead and drop all the biggest and best fight news of the week, we are also going to go ahead and give you our fight picks, my fight picks for this upcoming weekend and all the fight action as well, man. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. So What's on today's menu, you might ask? Well, check it out. I'm glad you asked. First and foremost, we are definitely going to go ahead and talk about this past weekend's UFC Fight Night Sao Paulo, Brazil. It's been getting a little pushback. It legitimately has been getting pushback on possibly being the most trash card of the year. Was it? We'll discuss. Also. In our five rounds of fight news, you know we're going to go have to jump in to talk about the guy I feel like we always have to talk about, Conor McGregor. What did he do this time? Well, check it out. I'm not going to stunt. What he did this time might surprise you, and my reaction to it might surprise you as well. So keep uh, listening for that. Also, we got to talk about the UFC. And how they do not pay their athletes. Their last pay-per-view numbers came in. And I can't lie. Mm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. So we'll discuss that. We'll also talk about a couple of big retirements. What does it mean for their respective weight classes? Absolutely. We're going to go ahead and give you our fight picks for this weekend's upcoming Amazing heavyweight title fight, which is going to be at the in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, MSG, we were I'm not MSG, pfft, MGM Grand, um, one of, in my opinion, the homes of boxing. So we'll talk about that as well and give you my fight picks. But before we get to all that amazing stuff, I got to give a shout out to the plug. We're talking about Sage Eats Chicago. Sage Eats Chicago is a healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They cook and deliver healthy meals. 100% customizable healthy meals. They cook and deliver them and they drop them directly to your home or office here in the Chicago land area. But if you're not in Chicago, yo, it's cool. Sage Eats got you covered too. Sage Eats now offers fitness mentoring. Sage Eats Fitness Mentoring, their online fit certified fitness mentor will write and help you with all of your fitness goals and needs. They also offer nutrition consultation. So Sage Eats is your one-stop shop. Check out Sage Eats at Sage Eat. Chicago.com again at sageeatchicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off of your first three months. Sage Eats is going to go ahead and help you get yourself right, especially before this young holiday season. Check out Sage Eats on all 
social media platforms at Sage Eats Chicago. And while we're at it, do not forget to follow the show, the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. That is the Fight Podcast. Check us out at the Fight Podcast. Tell your friends, download, rate, share everywhere. Podcasting is available at the Fight Podcast. And don't forget to follow your boy, the Underground King, at Serge Vicente. All right, let's just go ahead and jump into the show. First up on the menu, yo, like I said, we have to talk about this last UFC Sao Paulo Brazil. This fight card was headlined by Jan Blakovic and the former Strike Force middleweight champion and perennial middleweight contender, Jacare Souza. This was at the light heavyweight weight class, 205 pounds. Really, really highly built fight. Whoever won this, depending on how they would actually perform, might be next in line and might be able to jump over Dame Reyes in terms of a title shot at 205 pounds. Now, this fight also also featured legends like Shogun Hua, legitimate contenders in Charles Oliveira, and some of Brazil's homegrown athletes. So a lot of times with these things, yes, we have a lot of slow cards, especially in between a couple of huge pay-per-views. Now, I'm not going to crush the UFC because they've given us some amazing cards, especially as of late. Come on, man. They just gave us the bad motherfucker title. And again, a litany of other ones on top of a huge card that we have coming up in December as well. So it's a little bit of time, especially with the holiday coming up. They're giving us a little break, which I respect. But did this card perform? Well, let me just give you the, the results. Of the main card. Decision. Decision. KO. Charles Oliveira. Draw. Decision. And all these fights aside from the KO. Were some of the most boring fights that I have ever seen in the UFC. Holy shit. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to speculate. I don't want to just blame it on USADA. But ever since USADA's come in the league, yo, Brazil has not been the same. This was the event that was pretty much, look, this is a base. There are no champions really in Brazil anymore, aside from like Amanda Nunes. We need some excitement here. So they tried to put a card down there. I get all that. But what is going on in Brazil? Where are the new champions going to be? Is it Bohachina? Costa, uh, Costas over here with his torn bicep? Or what is it? What is going on? Yes, Charles Oliveira went out there and performed. But we have Shogun Hua, the dinosaur. Shogun Hua, who is still competing. Who, honestly, I again, it was a draw. I don't care who won or who didn't win. This, this fight has no implications. He's still co-headlining events here. This was not a good card. It was not put together well. And at the end of the day, look, yes, this is an in-between, but the UFC has to do better. And I'm going to be very honest with you. Brazil was one of, if not the biggest, especially when I got into the sport, it was the hotbed. That is where all the champions were. 
I don't, they have to do something and get some kind of talent out of that part of the world because when Brazil is in the mix, MMA is that much more entertaining. So I understand the reason and the rationale for putting a fight card down there, but if you're going to put a fight card down there, yo, Brazil cards used to be a big deal. This card was doo-doo. So... I don't know what they're going to have to do, but this card did not get a lot of love on TV. This card did not get a lot of love with the media. And I'm not going to give the card that much love now. Look, it was an extremely boring main event with Jacare and Young Blokovic. Uh, Young Blokovic ended up winning a decision there. Um, you had also a draw with Shogun Hua and Craig over Paul Craig. Neither fight was that entertaining. Neither guy seemed like they were at any danger and really at any point in time. And realistically, the skill level of all these fights just didn't seem up to snuff for a UFC event. It didn't. It just didn't. Um, the only bright spot in the entire card was Charles Oliveira, who can, again, proves that he is one of the best guys. He's destroying everyone they're putting in this path. And it seems like since he has moved up to 155, and again, remember, he's been in this game for an extremely long time. It seems as if Charles Oliveira is here. Charles Oliveira is a legitimate title contender. And even after the fight, he went out there and called out the champion in Khabib. He does have the most submission wins in UFC history. That's 18. And not only does he have the most submission wins in UFC history, he is rising. Now he's knocking people out and he makes it a compelling argument in terms of fighting Khabib. Khabib has extremely incredible, the best ever wrestling grappling that we have seen in the UFC, but we have never seen him truly compete against someone who was incredible off of their backs defensively as well as offensively. Charles Oliveira is somebody who might actually let Khabib take him down. And in terms of the striking, he might have the striking to really hurt and deter Khabib. I'm actually here for that matchup if it gets to it. If, again, Charles Oliveira continues rising through the ranks and continues becoming one of the best guys in the weight class, man. So we'll see what ends up happening. But to me, that was the only bright spot. All right. Let's keep rocking through. Um, next on the menu, man, we got five rounds of fight news. So let's go ahead and bless uh, this first topic now conor mcgregor has been in the news for a lot of different things over the last couple of shit couple years hasn't gotten a victory in over three years not only has he not gotten a victory in over three years he has been in trouble it has been well documented rape allegations punching old dudes in the face all kind of unsavorable things right so it was about time that, you know, calling out anybody and everybody, regardless on the weight class, but nothing productive, nothing in terms of fighting. And look, I'm not somebody whom if you're going to go ahead and do hella shitty shit, I don't want to give you a spotlight, even though regardless, he's the biggest man in the sport. I got to talk about him. But one thing I'm not is I'm not I well, one thing I'm not is I am somebody who is objective, right? And I can take everything with a case-by-case -case basis. I'm not just hanging on and just hating on somebody to hate on somebody. So, Connor did something recently 
And it was with uh, Proper 12. Uh, his Proper 12 whiskey company is Irish Whiskey Brand. And they are celebrating their hundred or first year anniversary um, as Proper 12. And because of that, they say that they are donating $1 million to multiple first responder charity and first responder organizations. Okay. This, I don't care if this is a PR thing or whatever, as long as Conor McGregor and his company does this, I'm all here for it. Okay. I hate what he does outside of the cage. I hate what he represents. But at the end of the day, when you put your money where your mouth is and you actually do positive things, regardless on the, you know, the perception, regardless on what this actually means, look, I'm going to give him props as long as he actually does this. So look, salute to Connor, salute to to, um, to Proper 12. The fact that they went out here and did this, the fact that they went out here and gave this, I want to bring attention to the positive components as well. All right. So I'm not like some of these other media organizations or some of these other, you know, sports media figures. I I don't hold grudges. If you're trash, you're trash. But if you do something good, I'm going to bring to light and check it out. Connor did something good, man. So salute to him and proper 12. All right. Round two. Round two of uh, five rounds of fight news. We have to talk about the transformation of Darren Till. Darren Till, after starting off hot in the UFC, one of the biggest prospects, got pretty much streamlined to an amazing title shot. Unfortunately, he got stopped by Tyron Woodley. Then he got against get it got in there against Gamebred. Uh, Jorge Masvidal got knocked out, took some time away. Now he's back, and um, we're starting to see more more personality, more humility, and I'm loving the maturity and growth that I've seen from Darren Till since his loss to Masvidal. From his win against Kelvin Gastelum a couple weeks ago um, to just his comments in the media, he's letting his personality, his humor come out a little bit. And one of the things that he said afterwards is that once he called out, and this is a little funny, he called out Yo Romero. He's like, yo, I was drunk. So he goes on a MMA UK interview, and this was actually on BJPenn.com. And his response to was he actually drunk? He was like, oh, yeah. When he called out Yoel Romero, the scariest dude in 185 pounds, he said, yo, I was blind drunk. My friend opened up a great bar in Liverpool. We got invited to the open and I was celebrating the win. I was with the guys. I had a few beers and I said, watch this. So I went on to Google. I'll get an image of Yoel Romero because he is a scary dude. I said I'll post that. He was like, really, bro? I said, why not? Let's start a little bit of controversy. So I tagged him. Let's go. And it just blew up. I remember the next morning I woke up and my girlfriend was sitting on the couch and she looked at me and said, uh, because I slept on a couch and she was like, you know, you called out your well. So I went on to Google and I got the monkey out of my eyes and I told my guys. So I wait, wait, wait. So so he called Yoel out, right? Uh, He goes on to say. So I went on to Google. I got the monkey eyes, which is the meme that he actually posted the following day. Sent it to his guy and he he added, "Yo, when you wake up and you realize you called out Yoel Romero, 
Everybody knew knows when I'm going on a tirade on Twitter, and it's because I am having a drink. It's never normal. I'm just having fun. Yo, this is great, man. This is awesome to see the 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 development and the growth of him. The fact that he's showing vulnerability and saying, fam, that dude's terrifying. And I honestly, at this point in time, don't want smoke is funny because, look, we all understand Darren Till's a dog. And if he was supposed to fight him, he'd fight him. No, no questions asked. Because, look, the next day he turns around and calls out the former champion in Robert Whitaker, which is a fight that he legitimately wants. And it will put him in title contention if he beats Robert Whitaker. So I love this. I love how he played this. It's great. He's putting it out there. He's showing his humor. He's showing his growth, his evolution. I'm a fan of Darren Till. I can't wait to see what he does next. All right, round three of five rounds of fight news. And this one, I want to start off with a couple of things that's a little bit more positive because this, in my opinion, is uncalled for. So I'm going through the interwebs. Like, you know, I do every day, especially when I'm over here looking for things for the show. And the UFC is truly and grossly underpaying his athletes. Um, an article po- uh, popped up, and this was the UFC's 244 salary report. And it said, and it stated, that according to MMABreakdown.com, the total gate for UFC 244, that's with Masvidal and Diaz, was $6.5 million. That is the gate. That is just the people that were sitting in the building that day, in Madison Square Garden that day. The total fighter payout was only $3.5 million. That means that the UFC actually paid the base salary of every fighter on that card with just half of the gate revenue. And that's without even touching the pay-per-view numbers. And let's not forget that this was probably, and again, the UFC, since they have been with ESPN, has not released their pay-per-view numbers. But let's venture to say that this is possibly their biggest or one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year. Possibly getting over 500,000 pay-per-view buys. At 75 bucks a rip, it's pretty penny. I'm not going to hear do the math, but you know what I mean. So, where does all that money go? And think about this. Imagine if the Lakers, right, paid everybody on their roster with just half of the money that they've received for one game at the Staples Center. They wouldn't rock with it. They wouldn't. It wouldn't even be affected. So it got me to really questioning on how they've been doing it. And it made me look at some of the biggest events of last year even, right? So in 2018, because I wanted to get all the data. In 2018, out of the 571 fighters that are in the UFC, only nine of them grossed a million dollars in the entire calendar year. The lowest in the mix was only $11,000. Now, think about this. These people on average are taking between two and three fights a year, and they're not even making $100,000. In fact, only 
<laughs> Dude, 383 other 570 fighters on the roster make less than $100,000 a year. That means only 187 people on their entire roster make over 100 grand. And then let's not forget all of these fighters. Think about everything they have to pay for. Training expenses. Management that takes right off the back 10% gone. Trainer expenses, another 10% gone. Insurances, licenses, taxes. Serge, what about, you know, the, the Reebok deal and, and sponsorships? Look, sponsorships and all that stuff work well if you're actually getting paid for it. With the Reebok deal, the UFC and the, the, the deal that they currently have in place, fighters are only making with sponsorships between two dollars and $50,000 per year. The only ones making 50K are the champions. Everybody else is making truly between $2,500 and about 10 grand. That's ridiculous. These people are legitimately putting their lives on the line. I don't have to bring up the fact that in boxing this past year, there has been already between four and six deaths. You do not play fight. So if we're going to go go out here and we have organizations like the UFC that is pretty much um, the people there are worth over billions and billions of dollars for a point, whatever billion dollars they sold for. How is it possible that these fighters are not getting paid? How is it possible that the UFC is getting getting just away with stealing from these athletes and then putting things into place like USADA where they end up losing more money. There is no safety. Everything that the UFC has in place is nothing for the fighters, which brings me to my last point. And this is something that media personalities like Luke, um, Luke Thomas and Brendan Shaw, but both said they don't want to talk about it anymore because it seems as if the fighters do not want to come together to do anything. But I am going to say this and I will continue saying it until I am blue in the face. Fighters need a union. If you like the fact that you guys continue getting shit on and you're not getting paid any money. And Dana White is continuing getting richer and richer and richer and richer. And all the fighters are putting their brains and bodies on the line. If you want that to change and you want somebody to actually have your back, you need to have a union. But until that happens and fighters come together and do something, nothing is going to happen. And we're going to continue seeing fighters getting dragged and no one getting money for their efforts. How the fuck is it possible that out of all of these fights... Out of all these great athletes, only nine people on that entire roster made a million dollars. And guess what? Big names, big people that have carried the organization like Donald Cowboy Cerrone wasn't even one of them. Think about that. Donald fights four times a year half the time. Didn't even make a mill. Didn't even come close to clearing it. Take that into account.
It drives me crazy, man. It really does. Um, and look, I'm not here to sit there and just crush the UFC, whatever, but somebody got to do something. All right. Round four. Um, we have some fight announcements, guys. And UFC Women's Flyweight Queen. And honestly, one of my, if not my favorite female fighter of all time, Valentina Shevchenko, 18-3, and three, is set to defend her title against Caitlin Coogan, 13 and 2. She's on a six fight winning, or she was on, she's on a, a couple fight winning streak. Um, she is two fight win streak, would have been on a six, but she ended up taking an L um to Jessica I or the split decision. Otherwise, she's really been crushing it. So she's won five out of her last six. She's very worthy of this title shot. Um, but let's keep it a thousand. Let's keep it a buck. Um, she's gonna get her face kicked off. Think about this. The only person that um has beaten Caitlin uh Caitlin Coogan over the last couple months is Jessica I. Um in her second title defense Valentino Shevchenko, KO, Jessica I. I know we can't do um, you know, MMA math, but let's be honest, man. This this probably won't be competitive. Um, we're talking about one of the GOATs. And uh granted, I think Caitlin Coogan's gonna come with it. And, uh, but until we actually see something, look, man, I, I think she's gonna continue beating people up until she has an opportunity to fight the 135 and 145 pound champion Amanda Nunes who a lot of people think is the GOAT um, they've already fought twice before Amanda has two of those fights even though myself and many others believe that Valentina actually won the last matchup so I can't wait to see that one that is going to happen February 8th now we don't know if it's going to end up being UFC 246 or UFC 247. They're waiting to see what's going to happen with Conor McGregor and if he will come back on January 18th. So I'll keep you guys posted with that one. Round number five of five rounds of fight news. We are going to finish up by talking about the retirement of two truly great athletes, man. Um, ben Askren. I know a lot of people have been clowning him recently because of his losses. Um, he has went on the Ariel Hawani show this past Monday and officially retired from MMA. And he actually said, frankly, I retire from everything because um, he needs a hip replacement. So. And I had to bring this up. He and another one who went on the show also, um, Luke Rockhold, and said he said pretty much, I'm done. I don't have the desire to fight anymore. Um, I, I can't get up for these fights. A lot of people have crushed these dudes and clowned both of them um, because of their personas, because of the way that they carry themselves. Ah, you guys are cocky. They're this, they're that. They're washed or whatever. And look, they might be washed. And there's a reason why both of these dudes are kind of retiring at this present moment in time. But one thing I do have to say is these are two of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. Um, let's start with Ben Askren, former multiple time national wrestling champion um, at Mizzou, 19 and 2 uh, MMA record. Think about it. His last two losses are his only two losses of his career. He's an Olympian, he is a Bellator champion, he is a one champion. Notable wins. Robbie Lawler, former UFC champion, current Bellator champion, Douglas Lima, former Bellator champion, Andre Koroskoff, 
Jay Haran, Lyman Good, former Bellator champion and legend and dream champion, Shania Aoki. Those are people that he has beaten in his career. We got him later in the UFC than a lot of people would have liked, later than he would have liked, but it is not because of him. After his contract ran out with Bellator, he wanted to fight with the UFC. That was in the midst of his prime. Dana White didn't like him. He didn't get a contract, so he ended up going to one championship and essentially finishing off the prime of his career, beating guys we don't know. Regardless, a great, his resume speaks for itself. Much success to Ben Askren in the near future. Also, Luke Rockhold, legend. Former Strike Force champion, former UFC champion, record 16 and 5, notable wins, Chris Weidman, Michael, Chris Weidman, UFC champion, Michael Bisbing, UFC champion, uh, Leota Machida, UFC champion, Jacare Souza, Strike Force champion, Tim Kennedy, on many others also um from 2014 2016 luke rockhold was one of the top three fighters in the world no questions asked dude was an absolute monster yes his window might not have been as long or his reign might not have been as long as a lot of guys um injuries shortened his career but when he was at his best nobody can question the dominance and how great Luke Rockhold was, man. So salute to Luke Rockhold. Salute to Ben Askren. Two, honestly, guys that are great. Luke Rockhold is one of my favorite fighters when he was in his peak. And Ben Askren has always been a bad dude. So congrats to both of those guys. All right, guys. That is five rounds of fight news for today. Um, moving right along. Weekend fight picks. There's no UFC this weekend. There's no Bellator this weekend. But what we do have is the best heavyweight fight on tap. We have the WBC champion, Deontay, the bronze bomber, Wilder. 41 and 0, one draw, 40 knockouts in the rematch against Lewis King Kong Ortiz. 31 wins, one loss. His only loss is two Wilder 10th round knockout that he was winning on everyone's card at the moment of knockout. 26 KOs in his own right. This fight should be incredible. Um, um what's it called? Um, Mandalay Bay, what's it called over there in uh, in Vegas. Um MGM Grand, Grand Garden Arena, man, taking it back. Um, I think this is going to be incredible. It's going to be a spectacle. It's going to be a fun fight. With that being said, Luis Ortiz looks amazing. Would I be surprised if he wins? No, I wouldn't be. He's in great shape. He has a brand new strength conditioning coach. He looks ripped up and stacked. But one thing I have to say is this. I don't know how old he is. And he's over 40 and Father Time comes for us all. And since Father Time comes for us all, man, I got to bring up a couple quotes from a couple of the biggest analysts in the game. First of all, I want to bring up ESPN's boxing analyst and former world champion, Timothy Bradley. Tim says Wilder wins by KO. Wilder is a man on a mission and Ortiz is a dreamer. It almost doesn't count. Ortiz looks good, but he is 175 years old. 
Ortiz's Christmas wished states the following. Don't get knocked out by Wilder. Wilder wins by KO in Sports Center top 10 highlight fashion in less than six rounds. That's what he has to say. How about Teddy Atlas, host of his version of the fight podcast and uh, ESPN boxing analyst, former uh, trainer of the greats like Mike Tyson and others? He says Wilder by KO in the first. Ortiz gave his all the first fight, but came out short. And at 40, I cannot see him replicating another great effort. Right hands land on southpaws, and Wilders would land early. Wilder ends the fight in the first round. That's from Teddy Atlas. And this is what I'm going to say, you guys. I don't see this fight lasting more than three. Deontay Wilder looks incredible, especially after a rematch. He adjusts well, and I think he is the best heavyweight, the most dangerous heavyweight in the world. Um, So I got uh, your boy, my boy, the Bronze Bomber, winning this one. All right, guys. That's about all the time we have for episode 164 of the Fight Podcast. Man, the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. I'm the Underground King, Serge Vicente. Check me out at Serge Vicente on all social media platforms. Check out the Fight Podcast at the Fight Podcast. And I want to thank my sponsor, Sage Eats Chicago. Healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Check out Sage Eats Chicago at Sage Eat chicago.com again that is sage eat chicago.com apply promo code fight for 10 percent off your first three months and remember if you're into mma boxing all the combat sports you know people who do because we all do let them know about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe the fight podcast hosted by the greatest the underground king that is i serge vicente i love you guys i appreciate you guys and i'll highlight you next time right here on the fight podcast oh we'll be back on friday with another great episode we got our boy our boxing analyst our boxing guru brandon camille coming on so keep your eyes and ears open for that without further ado deuces